North Carolina is chock full of college football teams, big time talent on the field and in the coaching box. But when you talk about a program that is truly on the rise, you get to look no further than Boiling Springs and Gardner-Webb. And joining us now is the head coach of the running Bulldogs, Trey Lamb. And coach, how exciting is it to be going back to the playoffs with the Gardner-Webb running Bulldogs? Yeah, it's. I think it's big for us. You know, backing up last year, we had, you know, a record-breaking year, fantastic quarterback, senior uh, wide receiver that's playing for the Patriots. Um, had a really good football team. We won seven games, had a winning season for the first time in a long time, first ever playoff appearance. Uh, but I, I really didn't want to be a flash in the pan. You know, I wanted to be able to back this up again with a successful year. We had a lot of guys coming back on defense, had to replace a few guys at quarterback, receiver, offensively. Uh, but I knew we'd have a good team. Uh, got off to a little bit of a slow start, you know, playing East Carolina, App State, Elon is not an easy stretch there uh, in the state of North Carolina. <clears throat> and uh, lucky enough to beat Elon and, and lose to App State in East Carolina, lost a conference game in there. So we start the year two and three, uh, lose our starting quarterback to injury, and we get a third-team quarterback that comes in and is, he's set the world on fire. And uh, he's a true freshman, and, and that's been the biggest difference. We've played better on defense. We've won five straight. Uh, we've got the turnover margin flipped a little bit back in our favor, and uh, I can't wait to play Mercer on Saturday. Now, you were a prolific quarterback at Tennessee Tech. Your father, Hal, a great high school football coach in Georgia. Your uncle, Bobby, a great college football coach at both Mercer, irony right there, and then also at Furman. But now here it is, your opportunity. You're this prolific passer as a player, and now you have to – guide a third-string quarterback to lead a team to the playoffs. How does that work? Yeah, it, it certainly hasn't been easy. I think it's probably been one of my better coaching jobs. I, I've only been in – you know, I'm only 34 years old, so I've only, this is my 10th year in college coaching. Uh, but this has certainly been the hardest job I've had offensively. Um, I think we're young, and we got a true freshman quarterback that got here in July and really hadn't had many reps. So protecting him, calling the game safely for him, but also taking enough chances to score the ball – uh, but I tell you, our defense has really played well. And uh, there's a lot of seniors on that side of the ball that has given us a great chance, knowing we don't have to score 50 points a game. You know, if we score 30, every game we scored 30 in this year, we've won. We're 7-0 and when we score 30 points. So that's kind of the threshold um, we need to get to and find a way to score 30 points this Saturday. But uh, very proud of the way our offense has responded here down the stretch as well. We're talking to Trey Lamb. He's the head coach of the running Bulldogs of Gardner-Webb. They're in the FCS playoffs this weekend at Mercer, 3 o'clock. But let's go back to that start. As you said, loss against App State, win against Elon, then back-to-back -back losses against Tennessee State and East Carolina. But then after that really crushing loss, 41-14 to against Austin P. what happened? What was the thing that really transformed this team? What moment can you point to that was the tipping point for Gardner-Webb to go up instead of taking what a lot of teams would do at that point and taking the easy road down? Well, we had several seniors just step up and say, hey, look, guys, you know, our backs are against the wall at this point. We have no choice. Um, every game's a playoff game from here on out. We need to win the rest of them to have a chance to get in the playoffs. Um, and we did that. Um, I'll tell you that scheduling has everything to do with college football as well. Um, Elon's a really good football team. Austin Peay's a really good football team. We split those, okay? Um, and and our, our true freshman got his first start against Austin Peay at their place. It's a tough place to go play. They're really good. They've won nine straight. 
um, at Austin P. So that's a good program. Um, now, yeah, App State and East Carolina, you know, you're going to beat those guys one out of every 50 tries. Just That's just how it is from a talent deficiency, uh, from a resource deficiency. Now, we believe we can do that. We played App down to the wire. We we had a lead there late in the fourth, late in the third quarter, excuse me, had two fourth quarter turnovers that kind of got away from us. But we still played well. I knew we had a good team after that day. After we played them, I was like, okay, guys, we can win a bunch of games with this group. Um, so just stay in the course. I think the seniors, you know, stood up in a couple of meetings and said, you know, this BS has got to stop. The mistakes have got to stop. You can't have any more my bads. Our back's against the wall, and it's a playoff game the rest of the year. That's an exciting thing to watch as a coach. And as you're going through this, not only with your own staff, but your team, where do you look for counsel? Who is still mentoring you as a 34-year-old head coach at Gardner-Webb? You know, my granddad, you know, coached at the University of Georgia for a while. He was a high school retired coach. I call him a lot. He's 88 years old. Uh, my dad, obviously, was very successful. My uncle Bobby is very successful. I got – I played for Watson Brown, Mac Brown's older brother at Tennessee Tech. So, uh, Watson still talks to me once a week, and, and we communicate. Um, so, I lean on a lot of people, and I got a lot of friends in coaching, and I got a great coaching staff. You know, I, I trust those guys to do their job. I don't micromanage them. I coach the quarterbacks. I call the plays, and I'm the head coach. So I can't, I can't be in every meeting, and I can't be in every room. They got to be able to do their job and push the message that I want through the team. Is that something that you think is sustainable as a coach as you grow in the profession? Because so many coaches, when they're at different parts of their maturation, are doing all that you're doing, but at some point they have to become a CEO. Is that a mandate, do you feel, or is it something that somebody can still be, as Steve Spurrier would call it, being a ball coach? Yeah, I, I think it depends on where you're at. You know, I think if you're a place that's absolutely resourced and you can go pay an offensive coordinator that can do a better job than you, then you do it. Um, if you're at a place that you don't think you can pay somebody to do a better job than you can at that stage in your career, I think you go ahead and call the place. Um you know, and some coaches do it different. I think in the NFL, you got a lot of head coaches call plays, um, defense and offense. You know, Brandon Staley calls the defense for the Chargers. Sean McVay calls it. Kevin O'Connell calls it. Uh, Mike Shanahan calls it. You know, it's, it's more – or Kyle Shanahan, excuse me. It's more popular at that level uh, because there's less motivation. You know, you don't have to motivate NFL players. They're, they're, they're motivated by money. You know, they're motivated by contracts. At the college level – motivation and culture is way more important because you're, you're motivating 18 to 22 year olds. So I think at some point in my career, I'll probably take a step back and become the CEO and be involved in defense special teams more. Uh, but right now I've got all my hands in the pile of offense and, and quarterback play and, and call them the plays. So that's just where we're at right now. And, and we'll see how it evolves as my career grows. As a broadcaster growing up, I had a producer always talking in my ear. And it was amazing sometimes the tone that was used in that earpiece. Tell me about what it's like to be on a headset at Gardner-Webb and what kind of chatter would I hear back and forth between you and your assistant coaches? Yeah, I'm generally pretty calm during the week. Um, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty laid back. But on Saturday, I, I become very competitive and I will I will certainly raise my voice and lose my mind a little bit. I, I've I've been better as the year goes on. You know, App State, I lost it like six times during the game. We shanked a punt. I lost it on the special teams coach. We, you know, missed a block. I lose it on the O-line coach. You know, I, I've got to sit back 
um, and be a little more reserved on game day so that I can give us the best chance to be successful. Kids are going to make mistakes. Um, they're not doing it on purpose. And I think if, if you can stay reserved and keep the confidence up, it gives you a greater chance to win in the fourth quarter. And I've gotten better through my career. You know, this is only my third season as a head coach. So I've certainly gotten better at that um, of maturing on game day. Your wife, Carter, is at home after a tough game. Does she get on you about how you may uh, act on the sidelines or what you might say in a post-game interview? Well, a lot of times I get home and she gets very frustrated because I talk to her like I'm running a staff meeting or, or a team meeting. And, I, and she's like, you're not the coach here. You know, you can stop talking to me like that. You know, I'm, I'm being, hey, here's what we want, X, Y, Z. Here's the demands, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, that's not how this works at home. Don't bring your work home. So she's really good about it. She, we're complete opposites. I'm type A, all over the place, organized, 100 miles an hour, energy, all that good stuff. And she's very laid back, kind of flies by the seat of her pants. So we fit each other really well. Um, when I get home, it, it's more about the kids and, and try to leave football out of it. Well, football will definitely be center plate coming up Saturday afternoon. It's Mercer and Gardner-Webb in the FCS playoffs. What's the game plan for the Bulldogs to go down to Mercer and to come back with the win? Yeah, we're going to have to air the football out a little bit. The weather's going to be good. They're, they're really good at stopping the run. They load the box. They're very disciplined in the box. They play blocks very well on the defensive line and at linebacker. So we, we need to really pick on their secondary. We're going to throw it deep 10 to 15 times. If you hit on four of those, that's 28 points right there, you know. Um, so we're going to be aggressive in our play calling offensively. You know, defensively, they have two fantastic receivers. So we're going to have to have a great plan to to play some roll coverage and, and, and double those guys on third down. It's hard to double two receivers, but we're going to have to try to find a way to do it. Um, we've got to rush the passer, as always, and special teams are going to play a big piece. Turnover margin's huge this week. They're, they're really good at taking the ball away. And to be honest with you, we've been very poor. I think we're ranked 102 in the country in turnover margins. So uh, that tells me we had a really good team. If we're still s seven wins with with minus in the turnover margin, it, it, we're talented. That tells me that. So I'm excited for the challenge. I haven't been back down there since I worked there um, in 2017. Um, so it, it's going to be an exciting atmosphere, and I can't wait to see it. Ought to be a lot of fun to watch it. Trey Lamb, the head coach of Gardner-Webb, running Bulldog football with us here on the North Carolina Sports Network. Good luck to you and the team. We hope to have you back on the show soon. All right. I appreciate it.